Hello and welcome to season three, episode 13 of the Blue Jays Away podcast. I am your host, Chris Barton, and I'm not joined by Tyler on this episode. Uh, he's busy with school and other important things as we wrap up the semester here. But because of his absence, I'm joined by the great Madeline Chalette, who joined us last year, but I wasn't able to be on that episode. So it's finally, I'm finally uh, glad to have you on this year. And so we're switching roles. Tyler wasn't, I wasn't there last year. Tyler isn't here this year. So glad to have you on again. I'm getting the full experience. Thanks for having me. (laughs) No worries. And I don't want to waste too much time because there is a lot of baseball to talk about. And I think we should start off with uh, a roller coaster of a series in the uh, Anaheim, or sorry, the Los Angeles Angels taking on the Toronto Blue Jays this, uh, this past Easter weekend. And what a series that was. I mean, roller coaster of emotions in individual games. Uh, the two games that the Jays did win the three game series were both comeback wins, both led by homers, um, which is another interesting thing that we saw in this well, these last two series that the home run ball has become more prevalent for the Jays, which, you know, was scaring some people in that first series uh, against uh, Seattle to an extent at Coffin Stadium in Kansas City. But, uh, Maddie, what were your uh, what were your thoughts about this Angel series and what really stood out to you? I mean, first of all, like great entertainment value for April games. I mean, like each of those games, I was like way too invested in what happened for like random April games. So that was great to see. Um, honestly, a crazy series. I feel like we saw a bit of everything on every aspect, pitching, hitting, like literally everything that could happen. It feels like happen. Um what stands out to you? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a couple ways we can go about this. I think that uh, I want the one place I do want to start is uh, with Kikuchi yesterday. And if, as everyone knows on this podcast, I'm the Kikuchi skeptic after this spring. I've been the person that's been telling everyone just to wait for the big sample size to come. And I'm not going to I'm actually going to come on here and defend Kikuchi because that first inning, he shouldn't have given up a single run. Varsho made the worst defensive play of the year and that's saying a lot because Bo Bichette has made some bad plays <laughs> at shortstop this year so far and uh, allowed the run to score Otani's run to score but also you got to give credit to Otani being aware that Varsha had no idea where that was so he just ran all the way home but yeah but they did what he did last year which was give up the home run ball right after that which and then obviously you you walk guys it's never going to end well and we saw that with Bassett and his starts so I think uh, I think we need to pump the brakes on uh, on on uh, Kikuchi. He's gonna be a fine fifth starter. I don't like he might get replaced at the deadline with another starter because his team's looking to win a World Series. But um, don't get too high on Kikuchi. Is my message to Blue Jays fans? He's perfectly capable, and he'll probably be the long man in the bullpen for the playoff run. But. I think that that outing just shows you when you put him up against actual strong competition, unlike the Royals, that he is going to struggle. I mean, he also did strike out quite a few batters, but it's more on the line of that. He couldn't find the consistency. And more importantly for this Jays team, he couldn't find length in the outing, only going yeah. four innings, which we saw why that's a problem. Because I think to say that this bullpen has been inconsistent or inconsistent, sorry, is a major understatement so far through the first 10 games of the season. I know it's opening, but I'm 
of all people, shocked to say that the most consistent person on this team has been Zach Pop. And <laughs> going into the year, yeah. I did not have any hope in, for Zach Pop. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the bullpen? Because I think that, you know, they really cost them. Or they could have cost them two games in this in this series. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, Kikuchi, I totally agree with you. Like that first inning, I felt so bad because after that virtual play, he looked like he was a little bit thrown off and left one in the middle of the plate and it got rocketed out of there. So it was like, all right. Um, he definitely is, um, you know, he definitely showed, showed signs of like, you know, something is there in the spring, like good stuff could happen, like far better than last year. But the reality is like his approach to attacking hitters is kind of similar um and his fastball command still isn't there which is the big thing that I know a lot of people are thinking that he's a completely different pitcher this year but the reality is like that fastball command still isn't there and that that was like the big issue for him last year um as for the bullpen Zach Pop he definitely deserves some respect um like quietly just going about his business and like constantly pitching clean innings that I think are so boring that maybe that's why nobody's talking about them. Um, but he definitely deserves some respect. Like the movement on his pitches is incredible. And I think that it doesn't get talked about enough because he's not getting those high leverage innings. So people aren't as zoned in. Um, but as for the bullpen, I mean, I was traumatized after the wild card series last year. Um, and I know you can't hold one outing against um, the whole bullpen. Um, but, you know, there is always a little bit of hesitance for me to trust any of those guys. Um, I think Jimmy Garcia is probably the only guy in that pen that I feel like almost 100% of the time will lock it down. Uh, but it's kind of, it's it's hit or miss, which I guess is the issue with every bullpen. There's so much volatility, but, you know, it's hard to trust. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was going to say what about Romano, but then yesterday we saw it fell off the yeah. the wheels didn't the wheels fell off the bus for Romano yesterday in what has to which, which <laughs> I also think this is a little funny cuz we're only 10 games in the year. What MLB MLB posted a post about yesterday's game saying is this the game of the year? I'm like we're 10 we're 10 games in, people. Like yeah. Yeah, we're already calling in. this like game of the year. I mean, it was a pretty great game, uh 12 to 11 win, so I mean, it's a great game for the hitters. If you're a pitcher, you yeah. don't want you want to just go home after that game. But absolutely, Tim Mesa gets a save. That's also legendary. Yeah. But, oh, I when I was on the Blue Jays Way Twitter account, we're like Trevor Richards coming in and coming in to close it out. I was like, oh no, this is not going to no. go well. No, yeah. As soon as I saw Richards warming up, I'm like, wow we're really here. This is, this is how this is going to end. Um, and then when I, when I realized that Trout and Otani were going to get to the plate, I'm like, Oh, this is just setting up for at MLB to post some highlights. And like, it's just coming. So like credit to Mesa for getting that done. I mean, the lefty on lefty work, the stats, the stats were right there. They got him, but you know, that I was scared nonetheless. Otani coming up in that moment. I'm like, this could go really badly. But I think we've talked about a lot about the negative and we can also go to yeah. the Rios and ba Bassett start wasn't actually terrible. It was like oh. he didn't he only allowed two hits. I mean, he did walk five batters, which is still a big concern because he I think he's walked five batters in both of his two starts to start the year, which I mean, I guess he's not giving up home runs in that second start. But still, it's mm -hmm. it's a little bit concerning. <laughs> but I think if we want to go on the more positive side, 
the lineups looked really good. Obviously, there's times in games where this team has struggled, especially I find in this series against the lefty starters that, I mean, they just weren't hitting in the beginning of the game. Like, all, almost half of their runs in this series have come in the back half of the game once you get into the bullpen. And, you know, uh, I think, I don't know if that speaks to the way that the Angels are constructed and that, you know, they rely on, a couple players and a couple guys in the bullpen. And until you get to those people, you're really vulnerable. Or, um, but I also want to say Hunter Renfro looked really good this series. So that's a good addition for them. But uh, I just overall, like Kevin Kiermeyer, man, like we tweet about a lot, a lot about him on the podcast, Twitter. Uh, he's literally doing everything for the Jays right now. And he's the nine hole hitter. I mean, we had Keegan Matheson on before the season started and, he told us that when he was talking to Kiermaier, Kiermaier said he wanted to be the best nine hitter in baseball. And well, so far, Kevin, you are the best nine hitter in baseball hitting over 400 right now. Uh, in my opinion, hit the game winning run with his uh, triple in the extra or well, I think it was scored a triple in his extra inning uh, performance. And then obviously going three for five and doing that throughout these last two series. And I think what really has been different about this team and I think we see this in Varsho and in Kiermaier is the base running and the willingness to bunt for hits. And we can talk about Varsho two for two on bunt singles this year, um, both capitalizing on those opportunities. And then also the double steal when Luke comes into the game uh, earlier in yesterday's game. I think that this team's speed is something that is underrated. And I think Kevin Kiermaier is the kind of the headline of that speed as the guy that is really showing that like as soon as the Jays get a hit or put the ball in the play, they're hustling out of the box. They're going to get the first and second and not to uh, kick anyone on the way out, but there's some players on this Jays team in the past that, you know, I think as soon as the ball's hit going down, he, you're taking your first base, you're taking your one base and that's fine enough. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of a different, I don't know how you view it, but there's a different mantra this season for this team. It's definitely a different team. I mean, honestly, from the very first game, as weird as that first game was, you could tell like something was different. Um, it just feels like they're putting a lot of pressure on the pitchers. And I think the pitch clock is helping with that too. But just like you're saying with the base running, it feels like when they get a hit, you don't know which base they're going to end up on. And that's like a big thing to put on the opposing defense and the pitchers because then they have to pay extra attention and the pitchers thinking about that while they're pitching like are these guys gonna steal like that double steal the other day was incredible loop looked totally caught off guard like he didn't even know that was about to happen um but it, it, those those guys have been great additions so far and i think people forget that kevin kiermeyer he's been tormenting al's east teams for like a decade now so this guy is not just he's not just like somebody who's in there for his defense. I think that he brings a lot more than that. And we're just seeing it right now. Yeah. And then I think we've gone long enough without talking about him. And that's Matt Chapman, who, I mean, last year, a lot of people like no one was disappointed with his performance. I'd say, I think everyone, you know, he came in with, you know, he's not going to hit 300 for you. He's going to hit a couple home runs. He'll play great defense on third. And that's what everyone expected. And, you know, at least from all the reporting done this spring, a, a lot of people said that he challenged himself to be a complete player. And for a guy that's going into free agency this offseason, what better time to 
be number one in batting average in the MLB going through the first 10 games than now. And that's what Matt Chapman's doing. Uh, he looked good at third base as well, playing defense. And I mean, when he's hitting, he's also hitting for power and for co- and getting great contact on the ball. He's number one in the batter balls over 99 miles an hour so far this season. Um, he's hit the ball out in Coffin Stadium. And again, in that uh, comeback when he hit the Grand Slam yesterday to bring the Jays within striking distance to make it 6-4 in the later innings of that game. So I think it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep this up. Obviously, I don't expect him to be hitting 400 in June. That's not going to happen, but he's going to go through a streak where he has a, kind of a down spell, but he's just been performing great. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get paid. <laughs> he's going to get his Marcus Simeon money. Um, and the reality is, Either the Jays pay it or they don't, which sucks. But at the end of the day, um, it's so great to have him on this team. I feel like he's someone who a lot of the younger players can learn from. And he's also someone who I feel like has, you know, found another gear to his offense that maybe he's never had before because he did have a season where he was like an MVP finalist. Um, But even in that year, I don't think that he was hitting with the same level of completeness that he is now like you mentioned like he's hitting with a lot of power but he also is like taking his singles or like hitting it the other way which is something that I feel like is very new for him yeah I think he's just an overall uh better hitter like I think he's using the field a lot more I don't know if this is like we'll see how long this holds up because again small sample size 10 games like we're I I mean him and Vlad have been absolutely killing it. Same with Kira Meyer. Bo's been playing amazing offensively. Offensively, Bo's been playing amazing. <laughs> I, I think we have to have the conversation maybe in a month if we keep on seeing what we're seeing. If Bo is a shortstop or a World Series contender, I think that's a question that, you know, even with Vlad's great defensive abilities at first, how many times can he cover up the bad defense and the bad throws that, um, that Bo gives him? So we'll see what we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, baseball's funny in that next thing you know, like if you're the Padres, Fernando Tastis is in the outfield and Xander Bogard's your shortstop. So and yeah. if you told me that three years ago, I would have been like, You're crazy. Why is Tatis in the outfield? But things change and um it's just interesting what's gonna happen there. But I actually kind of want to go back. I know we started more recent, but I want to also go back further into the uh, week where we had the ending of the Royal series. And uh, I think Manoa and Gosman showed everyone why they're probably in the top 20, at least top 10, or at least top, maybe top 10, at least top 20 starting pitchers in the league right now, as they dominated a bad team, the Kansas city Royals. And I expect they'll do the same to the tigers this week. And, you know, me and Tyler talked in our first episode where there's actual games about whether Manoa is a big game pitcher. I think that this is the next uh, chance for him tomorrow against the Tigers, but he had a great performance going seven innings. And that's what this team needs. They need starting pitching that's going to go seven innings, be strong for those seven innings, give them a chance to win, allow like two or three runs, and then hopefully the bullpen can fill up those last three innings for you. And, you know, so far the back end of the rotation hasn't really done that for the Jays, despite uh, Rios giving them six innings. Um, but 
I don't know. What are your thoughts on the bounce back from Gosman to a lesser extent because his first start was great too, but he just didn't get the win, which yeah. was a, <laughs> off of a rare Chapman mistake. But uh, what are your thoughts on Manoa and Gosman for those two games and uh, going into this series against the Tigers? Um, yeah, that was definitely a much better outing for Manoa. I think that he still has not looked his sharpest self. Um, so far I feel like we saw a little bit of that in the spring um, but I'm honestly not worried with someone like him um, I know the metrics don't necessarily favor him because he gives up contact um, but the reality is there's a large sample size that that contact doesn't come back to hurt him like most of the time in an impactful way and I think that yeah we can look at wildcard game one and then the first game of this year and you know maybe say oh the lights got too bright for him but I think that that's not necessarily true I think that on opening day he was facing a really good lineup and they kind of just got the better of him um so to see him bounce back against a bad team this week was really good he still gave up a little bit of hard contact um but he looked pretty good like seven innings you know you can't you can't complain about that and as for Gosman he that guy's just phenomenal. I mean, he deserves so much more credit than he gets. Um, another guy who just kind of quietly goes about his business, but he's phenomenal. As someone known for their bold takes on Twitter, I have a question for you. Is Manoa your game one starter in a series right now? Um, like in a like in uh, a playoff series. series? Yeah, like... uh, I'd probably go with I'd probably go with Gosman. And I'd say I, that I because agree. I'd say that because Gosman has kind of earned it too. You know, you gave Manoa that opening day and whatever the reason, it just, it didn't work out. And that doesn't mean he's bad. I think it just means that, you know, Gosman deserves a, sh a chance too. Like they always say on the broadcast, like one A and one B or one, yeah, whatever. Um, Like, so I think it's it's Gosman's turn based on what I've seen so far. Um, But I feel just as confident in Manoa. I just think Gosman's kind of earned that chance. Also, everyone on Twitter that was bashing me for saying that the Mets are not going to be great this year and that the Brewers are going to win their division, you can all suck it so far through 10 games. I was right. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm not preying on Verlander's downfall, but I did say that the chances of either him or sure they're getting hurt this year were very high. And I didn't even, even wait a week for that to be correct. So, I mean. <laughs> That's a great take. Honestly, they're, they're both getting old. Like, no offense, but it's it's bound to happen. Like the, those, that was a big gamble signing Verlander to that. I mean, I don't so want to sound like a stats nerd, but like there's a reason why the movie Moneyball exists, and that <laughs> sure maybe that extra like fifty thousand dollars you throw on a player might get you to a wild card, maybe. Mm -hmm. But like if you don't have a sound team that has that has players that can play in a position in a role then you're going to struggle. And as we know, uh, the Mets have absolutely ravished their farm system. So it's not like they were having any prospects to come up and fill the Verlander Scherzer void once the, they got hurt. But, <laughs> yeah. but getting off from Jays, unless you have anything else that I didn't touch on that you think. No, I think we covered about. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my other bone to pick is the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, I want to give them some flowers. Like they're undefeated. I'm pretty sure they're still 8-0. Um, yeah, they're 8-0 right now. Or wait, are they 9-0? Might be so, 9. Well, you know what? Everyone, this is the you get the backseat uh, to <laughs> podcasting. I'm looking it up right now. They are 9-0. Um, granted, 
I'm gonna put some I wanna put some things behind this because I don't wanna say they're frauds, but I also don't wanna say that, you know, they've had the hardest nine games. Six of those games were at home in Tropicana Field, which as Jays fans we all know, uh, for visiting teams, it's a terrible place to play. And the the teams that they've played so far this year are the Detroit Tigers, who I projected to be the the worst team in the uh, AL Central this year, or yeah, AL Central this year, and the Oakland Athletics, who I project to be the worst team in the AL West this year, and the Washington Nationals, who are definitely one of the worst teams in baseball right now. So, I don't know. At least personally, I'm not putting much weight into these first nine games about the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's see them play the Yankees, which they will coming up here. Let's see them play the Jays, which for some reason they don't play the Jays till like midway through the season. And then they play them in two series at the end of the year, which I guess MLB just wants to create the drama. Because I think they, they play, I think they play the, the, I think the Rays play the Jays next weekend. Oh, wait, you know what? Good. No Let's one was talking this. about it though. I didn't even realize that. You're right. They do play. Oh. They do come here for 14, 15, 16. But then they do come here at like twice at the end of the year for no yeah. reason. Like there's a they long gap. Yeah. But anyways, what are your thoughts? Because I just like they're not frauds. Like they're good. They're a good team, but like they haven't played great opponents. I know they haven't. It's not. It's not fair to evaluate that because it's the same thing as looking at like why were the Jays absolutely destroying everyone in spring training? It's because they were playing like the pirates and the tigers every day. It's like, it's not necessarily a fair assessment, but um, they definitely deserve a little bit of respect because to go undefeated is impressive, but um, you're literally playing like three of the bottom teams in MLB. So at the end of the day, your competition isn't that hard. These are teams that are not putting out you know elite rosters to challenge you in any way really so you know I think that regression is going to hit and everyone's going to come back to earth and maybe calm down a bit uh because it's been like not even two weeks <laughs> yeah no I agree I think uh I think my hot take is that the Rays aren't gonna be undefeated the whole year and I think they're going to lose a couple games and that could be this week when they play their actual opponents in the AL East that are actually good. Yeah. Because like, unlike every other division, every team, in the AL East is actually at least somewhat competent. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe the Red Sox aren't going to be that great this year. I don't think they're going to be that great this year, but still they at least have Chris sale. They have some pitching. They have some players that can hit the ball. I mean, Yoshida's had a rough start to his MLB career, four for 30 to start. Um, not what the Red Sox would have wanted after paying all that money, after cutting so much salary this year. But, I mean, I, I have no remorse for Red Sox fans. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I don't feel bad for you one bit. No, me neither. me neither. Like, they came in, their fans were really like, oh, you guys just wait until you see us this year. And it's like, no, that lineup just, it's not it. <laughs> You also don't have any pitching because you lost the uh, Evaldi. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, but you're right. At the very least, like every team in the AL East is probably more competent than anyone the Rays have played so far. So, and playing at the Trop is a huge advantage. So the fact that six of those games were against like two of the worst teams at their home, where everyone feels uncomfortable playing, is like a huge advantage. So, I guess we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, and I think we should uh we should talk about 
you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about overall baseball because we're 10 games in. So, like, it felt weird to do it last week when we were four or, like, three games in because, like, you know, it's not – like, the picture is, like, somewhat in shape now. We're an eighth of the way through the season or just under an eighth of the way through the season. I don't know. My math nerds can uh, help me out there. But at least running through the the MLB, and you can stop me when there's a team that intrigues you that you want to talk about right now. Some surprises to me, the Phillies are three and six right now to start the year. It doesn't surprise me that the Braves are six and four to start the year. They're going to win the AL East, in my opinion. But then the most surprising division, in my opinion, right now is the NL Central, where the Pirates are six and three to start the season. And, you know, a lot of people don't know how to feel about the Pirates, at least going into this year. They play the Red Sox. They play the White Sox to start the year, and then they also play the Cincinnati Reds. So, you know, not a great opponent, but they lost two games to the Reds, ironically. So mm. uh, that's the team that I'm kind of looking at because, you know, while I think there's that's not going to stay that way the course of the season, like they're not going to be a playoff team. They're not going to be a wild card yeah. team. I think. I think they could be more competitive than a lot of people think this year. And I know uh, my co-host, is a very big proponent of the uh, Pirates and uh, their young core. So that's yeah. an interesting team. They definitely have some talent. I mean, being bad for that long, like eventually it's going to come around. And I mean, I feel bad that O'Neill Cruz um, just got hurt for long term. That's I really know, my stupid them. fantasy team. That is so tough, um, especially how it happened. It was so unfortunate. Um, but I still think that they have a lot of younger guys who are going to contribute um, and maybe just at least give that fan base a bright spot to kind of look forward to in the future years that they haven't really had in a while. And then not to twist the knife in for Jays fans, but um, the Diamondbacks, who the Jays <laughs> made their big splash with this offseason, is, I think, in my opinion, shocking the NL West. Uh, they're tied for first right now with the Padres at six and four. And, uh, you know, I mean, Lord is is doing OK. He's hitting 229 this year. Uh, nothing crazy over there. Has doesn't have a home run yet. Five RBIs. But, you know, that's an, another interesting team where they have a lot of old pitching and uh, some young guys on the infield and, and in the outfield as well now with uh, Lord is But. Um, that's another team that obviously Jays fans will be watching because of the uh, Varsho trade, but I don't know. I still feel pretty good about that deal, even with giving up Gabriel Moreno. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the time, I was a little shocked about that trade, but Varsho was worth it. I mean, like four years of him, a young player like him who's already breaking out this year. I mean, everything about his game, I think, fits with what this team needs. Um, that that trade's going to be perfect. I mean, I, I think Gabriel Moreno is going to have a great career, if I'm being honest. Um, so I was really bummed about that um, because it's going to suck, but at least he can do it um, in the NL West where I don't have to really see it too often. Yeah, well, as fans know this podcast, I have been the proponent on this podcast that does not like it when we trade our big prospects like a certain person mm -hmm. with a similar last name to me that we traded to the twins for Brios. I mean, <laughs> time will tell whether that trade was good or not, but um, right now it seems like it's been okay for the Jays because at least they have a MLB pitcher that has been 
has the keyword has been confident. We'll see if that continues. Yeah, no but, one wants to hear my opinion on Barrios because no, I, I want to hear. No, it's just say, come on. I'm it. not no. a I'm not a hater. I, you know, and people people get irritated when I'm like not completely giving up on him yet. But I'm sorry, his secondary pitches are so good still. There there's something that can be salvaged there in my opinion. Um, if he just stops throwing his four seam fastball, like enough with the damn fastball and, um, they just got to simplify things for him. In my opinion, just simplify it. They're changing too much. They just got to simplify it and figure out, um, his pitch location. Um, but yeah, I'm not a hater. I don't think I'll ever hate him. Um, somebody with that career of success and consistency, I feel like that doesn't just go away. Um, there's a way to get it back somehow. Actually, there is one thing I want to talk about mm-hmm. that I remember yesterday I wanted to rant about, but I completely forgot this morning. And that's Brandon Belt. <laughs> <laughs> I I know it's early in the year, but the guy has 23 at-bats and 15 strikeouts. That means that three quarters of the time he goes up to the, to the plate, basically, maybe a little <laughs> under that. He's sw- And it's like a lot of swing and miss. Like, it's not even like it's like, a competitive at bats. Yeah. No, it's bad. There's a certain Canadian that everyone was floating around that's also a left-handed bat that also can play first place, that also would be a fine DH that plays on a team in Ohio that <laughs> a lot of Jays fans would love to be here. So uh, that's just another player for all of our listeners to like just keep an eye out for him because I think that um, a certain Canadian could come back home especially with all those reports swirling right as camp was ending i almost wonder if there was a possibility that that trade was being made before the season started but they just wanted to hold off to see what brandon like i i honestly think if they put up brandon bell in the il then he's here yeah i i honestly it, it looks pretty bad right now i mean it's it looks really bad uh but the reality is he's not like he's not that you know that's not who he is like over the span of a full year I hope um but again that's another player with a career of success and I think he is coming off like a pretty bad injury and surgery so I want to give him a little bit of grace uh to readjust a little bit um I just okay, don't but what's that. your what's your cutoff like even okay even even let's say like he cuts it down until he only strikes out 50 percent of the time which is still really bad but like let's say he hits a home run every once in a while going on the next month but he's still striking out 50 percent of the time like what is your cutoff for like bell well, getting like, in the lineup yeah i already don't want to see him in there ever um i'm just trying to like be realistic like okay like he's coming off an injury clearly i feel like something was off in the spring that we don't know about because he started those games pretty late um I feel like that might have to, something to do with it um but yeah I my cutoff is soon my cutoff is like now I'm already done um but I'm trying to just think about the fact that they invested nine million so what are they gonna do they're probably gonna give him a little bit more runway see if he can get something together or an IL stint might help um just to give him a break to kind of you know relax a little bit and give me Joey give me Joey Votto I'll take oh. it how much is Joey Votto even gonna cost in the trade market at this point uh, in his career? It it can't be much. It can't like it, it's I gotta be like a C plus prospect, maybe. Maybe if that. Because when is his contract over? Isn't it at the end of this year? 
Uh, I can do some research, but I'm pretty sure it is at the end of this year. Then it's definitely not going to cost that much. And Votto contract. A lot of people were saying it didn't fit this roster construction, but you're right. If belt doesn't work out, then it does. <laughs> uh, Joey Votto's contract. He it was a ten year deal signed in 2014. Oh. So there's a there's a club option next year. Okay. In 2024. So theoretically, if the Jays trade for him this year, they could club option him. And then he's a UFA in 2025. But mm. uh, I was like, if you if you get the if you get Cincinnati to take back some of that money, yeah, like we're wasting twenty thousand dollars on worse players. Yeah, exactly. Or twenty, sorry, twenty twenty million. But yeah, I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't be. T- I would not be upset because I feel like that's one of those additions that like a championship team would make that wouldn't necessarily like move the needle too much, but would give you like a little bit of an edge of experience and like something to kind of, you know, fire everyone up. Like, cause he can hit some home runs still, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. And if you notice, Joey Votto did have a little uh, streak when he wasn't with the team, even though he's healthy. So I wonder how much he really wants to be around this uh, Cincinnati team much longer. And I wonder at what point uh, the Jays, like, I almost look at it like maybe it could be like an Adam Simber deal where like yeah. in May or June, you're like, okay, belt's not working. Let's DFA belt and bring in Votto and yeah. see what happens and bring back the Canadian boy. He's yeah. said he wants to, if he's going to get, tr- also, it can't be high because he said the only team he's going to go to is Toronto if the, if the uh, Cincinnati Reds were to trade him. And plus, he's a great social media presence. So <laughs> I, I would yeah. love to see, even when he's on the bench, like if I was on the uh, marketing team for the Jays, I'd just give him like the stories for when he's on the bench during a game. That would be amazing. Let him like vlog the game. He'll, oh my God, that would be iconic. The, and the and not to get too deep in the weeds, but uh, I don't know. I, I was scrolling through Twitter one day, and then uh, Joey Votto was like, "Oh, I'm driving home, listening to the Rays game. Ask me questions on Twitter for when I get back to my house." And like one of them was like, "Have you ever tried Cincinnati chili?" And he's like, "I didn't realize Cincinnati had its own chili." <laughs> and then the Cincinnati chili plays reaches out to him and is like, "Hey, we'd love to have you come and try our Cincinnati chili." And he's oh like, God. and his response was, "Are you the only Cincinnati chili place?" Question mark. <laughs> he's just such a like. He's hilarious. He's in a dad way. He's so funny. Yep. Oh yeah, no, his vibes would be hilarious with this team. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then that would I think if he joined the Jays, they would have the most Canadians on a roster yeah. that they've ever had because Romano, Sack Pop. If we want to count Guerrero, since he was born. Yep. That would be four. So that's wow. Yeah, that would be very that'd be cool. I, I'm in favor of it. I support it. If it if the price is right, get it done. <laughs> All right. On that very Canadian note, uh, we're gonna do Tyler's favorite time of the episode. And that's plug time. So Maddie, we're gonna let you go first since you're our guest. Uh tell everyone where they can find you and tell them what you've got going on in your life. 
Um, you can find me at Maddie Cholette on Twitter. Um, that's the best place to find me. Um, if you want to talk baseball, um, you can also find me at Rogers Center because got seasons tickets again. So I will be there all year long, um, spending way too much money and uh, taking way too many photos. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, make sure to uh, rub it in when you're there on opening day at like, the <laughs> park lounge or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> get, get yourself a churro, get yourself a milkshake, whatever they yeah. got going on over there. Um, Yeah, and then obviously everyone knows what I got going on. You can find me at uh, cmartin387. But really, you should be following this podcast on Twitter, which is Blue Jays Away Podcast. Um, we're, we've live tweeted nine of the 10 games. I got sick for the second game. So I was oh. literally curled up in my bed. You might hear that in my voice. So my apologies, uh, oh, the, wow. on uh, Saturday watching the game, but, uh, that's okay. We, uh, we're still out here. Uh, we, we got all the content. Uh, obviously this podcast is going to be going, uh, strong and we got already 13 episodes underneath our belt and, uh, some, Hopefully exciting guests coming up soon. So make sure to stay tuned for all that. All And then obviously uh, check out everything going on at Overline Sports CA. But uh, that's going to do it for us this week, guys. We want you to check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to like and subscribe. Make sure to give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. And make sure to check us out on social media at Overline Sports on Instagram and on Twitter. And then at Blue Jays Way Pod on Twitter. Make sure to go check us out there. All these episodes, clips of the episodes, everything will be posted there so you can find it really easily. And um, also make sure to find our clips on our YouTube channel, Overline Sports Entertainment. Uh, and with that being said, have a great opening weekend. And to everyone uh, that's going to the games, make sure to cheer loud and go Jays go. I live my life at least a hundred times Never got it down right Played this song once or twice I've been trying to find my life Out of energy I'm stuck with the candlelight Buttoned up, hollow down, these buttons are too tight this kind of light isn't too bright Close my eyes and I lose my sight I just wanna say goodbye But I don't think I'm ready Damn, this way's too heavy Building the stars I'm landing Horse rides I'm
skyline, see the light beam I'm just trying to do this on some single pipe dream I just don't understand why I can't live clean Head held down, motions thick and heavy Oh my god, I'm envious Put on the gas, I'm moving quick Face to numb, don't know how to quit Yellow stripes to bright when they lay I don't understand how I'm supposed to fit In this game that we live in Hey.